Bristol Business School and Bristol Law School at UE Bristol bring you the Future Impact podcast series. In this series, we're delving into the topics that you want to discuss, from life-changing research and cutting-edge technology to brand new ways of thinking. We will be calling on UE Bristol academics and real-world practitioners to help us get the answers and share their industry knowledge and insights. We're joined today by members of a company called Paradigm Norton Financial Planning and an academic from UE Bristol to talk about a bespoke executive education programme that's been designed especially for Paradigm Norton. So if everyone's happy to give a brief introduction, should we come to you first, Barry? Yeah, hi, good morning. Uh, Barry Horner, I'm the Chief Executive of Paradigm Norton and the founder. The business has been going about 20 years and it's been great to be uh, involved in this leadership academy leadership programme and see the cohort go through the programme and and just the impact that's had on the business. Thanks, Barry. Andrew, would you be happy to introduce yourself? Morning. Uh, Yeah, Andrew Parker. Um, I'm founding director of Andrew Parker Consulting Limited and I'm a freelance leadership consultant and I've been working with PN on their leadership academy. Brilliant. Thanks, Andrew. Um, We've got another um, employee from Paradigm Norton. So, Tommy, are you happy to give a brief introduction? Hi, yes. Good morning. Uh, I'm Tommy Watson, a client manager at Paradigm Norton. Um, The core of my day job is providing financial planning advice to about 40 client families. But alongside that, I co-lead our our London office, which is about 16 people, and I'm a trustee of our employee ownership trust. Thanks, Tommy. Finally, but certainly by no means least, Gareth, are you happy to give an introduction to yourself? Yeah, yeah. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Gareth Edwards. I'm Professor of Leadership and Community Studies based at Bristol Business School um, and Deputy Director of the Bristol Leadership and Change Centre. Uh, and I've been acting as the sort of the uh, the academic facilitator on the programme. Brilliant. Thanks, Gareth. So we're going to um, dive right in and start asking some questions. So initially, what was your motivation for the designing a bespoke training programme for your employees? And what made you choose UE Bristol? Yeah, as a business, we have about 70 in the team at the moment, and it's a growing firm. I think in terms of financial planning, if you think when you think of financial planning, perhaps some of the listeners are not uh, will not be familiar with exactly what financial planning is. But it's basically quite a technical subject, helping people uh, plan and map uh, their finances for the future. And so, when you recruit people into a business like ours, you tend to recruit uh, high technical people. So when we do psychometric profiles, they're sort of high blue, uh, which is exactly what you need to deliver great financial planning to our clients. But at the same time, in a growing business like ours, where it won't be long before 100, we also need great leaders. So I think as a board, what we identified was that there were some there were some gaps, and that as we grew the business, we had all these highly technical, uh, highly qualified financial planners. But interestingly, even when you go through the professional training to become a financial planner, there's very little that you learn by way of leadership. It's all technical subjects. It might be tax, pensions, investments, et cetera. So we wanted to build a program into the for the development of our team that would essentially help create future leaders that would identify 
uh, those that we thought would be leading the business in the future. And I think the, the other sort of additional thing is that financial planning is changing. And, and whilst we have all this sort of technical knowledge, the key part of what we do is really sort of coaching and leading our clients. So for me, that was another part, a big driver for the program that we could potentially put people on this program that not only would be great future leaders of the business that would join our executive committee, that would join our board, but also that they would they would sort of have enhanced skills in terms of day-to-day client management. So those are probably few of the drivers that initially caused the board to think about why we might want to set up a program like this. And then I think your, your other question uh, around why UE, um, I've known um, and Andrew for, for a number of years. And so we were starting to talk about what the program might look like, who the potential partners could be. Andrew knows the academic world pretty well. So we started knocking on quite a few doors. And as soon as we came to UE, we were greeted with a huge amount of sort of warmth, uh, understanding, uh, welcome. Uh, A number of the team there were were particularly supportive of what we were looking to do. So we went from quite a big shortlist. We went around a number of universities, but uh, just found UE was particularly helpful and very keen to have us. And uh, we've been delighted with the relationship we've built with them, uh, you know, over the recent weeks and months. Ari, thank you so much. That's given everyone, you know, some background to to what we're talking about today. And it's great to hear that you had such a a warm um, and friendly response from Yui. So thinking more a little bit about the detail of the programme, can you tell us about the Leadership Academy? So maybe how it was designed and how Yui and Paradigm Norton worked in partnership? And Gareth, can we come to you first on that one? Sure. That's just following on from, from what Barry was talking about in the previous uh, question. I think that that conversation between organizational leaders and ourselves as academics was, was quite key in the early stages. So I remember sitting down and talking to Barry, Andrew, and members of the Bristol Engagement Team, uh, the Bristol Business Engagement Team, to understand what it is that we could develop uh, together uh, as part of the academy. One thing that came through quite quite clearly from the start was the the, the want, the need to give participants some form of qualification. Um, so we looked at uh, the suite of qualifications that we provide at the business school. One became quite clearly uh, potentially beneficial, which was the, the Institute of Leadership Management qualifications, and in particular, the uh, Level 7 Strategic Leadership Programme. Uh, So we started to use that as the basis uh, for developing the academy. Um, Now, the ILM program tends to run six, nine months, so it worked time-wise. Students tend to come in just for one day per month as a sort of self-group study process. So that worked quite nicely as well with what the the academy wanted to achieve in the sense that students work on a project continuously over the program, they then present on that project towards the end of the program. Uh, so there was a constant connection between what is happening in, in the organization in Paradigm Norton and what the students were working on uh, in conjunction with ourselves uh, as academics. We tended to keep some core topics that we, we teach on the ILM7 anyway. So we talk about leadership. Uh, we talk about leading change. Uh, and we use the expertise within the faculty to talk a lot about um, things like power and politics. So enabling participants to get a sense of what it's like 
Um, so those were sort of core topics, but we, we modified that slightly by uh, changing the self-study part of the program uh, a little bit with regards to input from, from Andrew, who could bring a little bit more of the paradigm known context into the program. It's probably worth just handing over to Andrew just now just to sort of talk a little bit more about that. Gareth, thanks. Um, yeah, and in terms of the way in which the Leadership Academy was designed in the first instance, Barry's mentioned that we, he and I had been in that conversation for some time. Um, and I think, I think the big thing that stands out, um, again, I, I work across various sectors. We, we promote people because they're good at something um, and then they end up managing and inevitably leading others. But for some reason in our organizational and workplace culture in this country, we don't seem to necessarily provide input into that transition uh, and significant investment going forward. So I think Barry and I had, had for some time had talked about this and we're like-minded in this respect. And just picking up on something he said earlier, um, it was really a case of how do we think about the next generation of leaders? How, how, what was Paradigm Norton uh, leadership going to look like in the next maybe 10, 15 years? And so that was really the underpinning of the initial conversation about the Leadership Academy itself. And certainly the selection and recruitment uh, process that we went through there was, was very intentional and carefully thought out. Um, we'd spoken to uh, potential recruits in advance of the academy starting. And then as Gareth has alluded to, we, we then approached UE and ongoing conversations there really shaped up that design over a couple of months. And I think probably the three main ways in which this, this program is unique, certainly in my view, First of all, the, the aspect of double accreditation, that is, there's a 30 credit module uh, at master's level attached to it, which, which, which students can then go on and spend. Um, they have a currency there that they can move forward into MBA or MSc study. And of course, secondly, there's an ILM level seven qualification attached to the program. So that, that double accreditation aspect is, is critical. Secondly, um, the combination, I think, of the academic delivery and then the practical application of that academic work and personal one-to-one -one coaching on top of that uh, seem to create a real sense of depth um, and also to allow students to, to take some of that academic learning and apply it in their everyday work. And thirdly, I think, and as Gareth has also alluded to, this ongoing liaison role that, that I was um, in between the organization itself and the university, which, which actually facilitated an ongoing dialogue um, with the students, with, the, with Barry, with senior members at Paradigm Norton, but also around the programme in general. Andrew, thanks so much. Um, and also uh, to you, Gareth, for your thoughts on that one. And um, just going back to something you said, Andrew, and thinking about companies who potentially sort of promote people, but maybe sometimes don't invest um, in, in training then those people to be good leaders. I'm just thinking, um, what, what do you think makes a good leader? In terms of, I, I guess, as I look across our business, um, there are, we need people who can lead, um, as, as Tommy said, small teams, and that's sort of anyone, anything from two or three people up to six people. We also have offices. So Tommy is co-leading our London office, and then we've got the firm as a whole. So we need, we need people in Paradigm Norton who are essentially capable of leading in those different contexts. So 
As I think of leadership and I look across our business, um, I think there are certain traits and examples of good leadership. And, and probably they would be along the following lines. Um, people, that, I mean, you know, some of these sort of uh, stand to reason, but people who are good communicators, I think that's an essential part of being a good leader at all levels across the organization. So being really clear on uh, what you're wanting um, to have happen, either at a sort of local level or, or in the business, but really good and clear communication. My sort of mantra in Paradigm Norton is there's no such thing as, as too much communication. And, and certainly that's been true through, the challenging period that we've been through over the last 12 months. I guess also in my own mind, I have a I have my own view of what a leader looks like. And, and so for me, it's someone who's a team builder, someone who's a relationship builder, someone who can sort of gel teams together and lead them in a really great way. Um, for me, leadership is about encouragement. So I think that's what I always in, try to do with my team and the board, even when we're going through, as I say, times like we've been through over the last 12 months, it's really important to be an encourager. Something that's possibly missing when you look at politicians, unfortunately, these days, and that's a sort of a good role model or be of good character. So as I'm looking for leaders of the future in our business, it's people that don't sort of live one life outside work and a different one in the office. So, you know, I, I, I think uh, being a being a good role model in terms of consistency is really important. Uh, Self awareness is a big one for me. Um, I think you know I absolutely I, I look across our business and there are such incredibly capable individuals, far more capable than me, uh, which is great. So you know I'm keen to hire people that are better than me. I'm aware of my own shortcomings, and I think in terms of leadership, that's really important. Wanting the best in others, I think, is another one. So I would genuinely say that that's how I operate as a leader when I'm doing one-to-ones or whatever I'm doing with our team. It's always wanting the best for them and seeing how I might promote them. So we do personal development plans with a number of our key people across the business. And that's a key part of the sort of questions that I ask is, um, you know, how, how do I help you become the best version of yourself? How do I help you articulate what it is that you want to do and how how might I help you along that journey of, of getting from where you are now um, to, to where you want to be. I think it was um, Henry Kissinger that said the role of a leader is to get people from the, a place where they are now to a place where they've never been. And and, and for me, that's that really is all, all around leadership. It's around consideration of, of the individual and just trying to see the best in them and promote them. So that's certainly what I've been encouraging in Paradigm Norton over the years. And possibly some of the attributes that I hoped would come through in the in the program and uh, the way that that's been sort of led uh, over the last few months. And certainly I've seen some great output coming from that. So it's been hugely encouraging for me. Thank you so much, Barry, um, for your thoughts there. Andrew, have you got thoughts on that one as well? Thanks, Rachel. I think probably not dissimilar to what Barry said there, I suppose my starting point and um, the students on the program would certainly get tired of me saying this my starting point for leadership is always that leadership's an attitude and, and not a position um, it's it's about it's about how we think about what we do how we behave and not not about the status that's attached to it um, and I know that um, in paradigm not and that's very clearly borne out not just at senior leadership level but but throughout the organization I think there are three or four other big things for me. And again, I'm, I'm thinking about the different clients and organizations that I work with. Uh, first of all, influence is critical in terms of leadership. And really, when I say that, I, I'm talking about the way in which leaders 
have a 360 degree impact within their organizations and, and beyond. Um, I think that leadership is often associated with what's going on below us or what are we doing with the people underneath us. And a key thing for me when I have these conversations is to what extent are leaders at any level uh, leading and influencing upwards. Secondly, a, a watchword for me is accountability in terms of a leader's hunger and desire to intentionally seek out people who will challenge their decision-making and their behaviours. And again, I think it's critical for all of us in leadership positions to make sure that we are having those conversations both internally within our organisations and externally, and particularly externally, to make sure we have people we can go to regularly and, and want to go to and look to and seek out regularly. Um, to have those accountability discussions, confidential sounding boards, conversations with a purpose, wanting to make sure that we've got eyes around us uh, in terms of the way we are operating as leaders. And there are two extremes there, really. I, I think, um, interestingly, and I, I'm speaking for myself here, I think, interestingly, when things aren't going well, I think leaders need accountability. And there tends to be a reluctance uh, when things aren't going well for us to seek um, those challenging conversations because we feel like we've got enough to deal with. But I think there's another extreme when things are going particularly well, we need those accountability discussions because we can all get a little bit carried away with ourselves. And again, it's, it's critical there that we look for those external voices to speak into what we're doing and how we're behaving. I think thirdly, um, I look, I look um, for leaders who are teachable. Again, a hunger and desire to get better. And fourthly, I look for leaders who want to invest in other people and to help them improve. Thank you so much both for your thoughts on, on that one. It's really interesting to hear. Obviously, there are some similarities what you, with what you've said and you've both picked up on other things as well. Barry, one thing you mentioned um, was obviously the, the turbulence and the, and the problems that, that everybody around the world has been facing during the last 12 months. Um, so I'm just wondering if we touch a little bit on that and, and maybe look at what skills a leader needs to manage effectively during times of crisis. Well, I mean, it's the, it is the, the, the crisis of all crises in a way whereby we are having to work out what leadership means. And, and it's really, I think, quite important to look around us and see how those we see as leaders in the world um, are reacting to the crisis situation and whether that is being successful or not. And that's certainly something that we're looking at within the Bristol Leadership and Change Centre. Uh, and coming back to the programme, I think what we have found is that the programme went through that phase. So um, we were getting towards the end of the programme uh, in March, April time, and we had to postpone that because of COVID. And we worked uh, on through later in the summer. So we, we get a sense from the participants, the students, and Tommy may uh, be able to, to talk about this a little bit more, about how they had to modify their projects or even change their projects. Um, so we got a sense of how students were wrapped up in crisis, and we hope that uh, the program works well on that basis. Um, we talked a lot about things like negative capability, for example, which is a concept that colleagues at the Business School have been working on for some time. So uh, Dr. Pete Simpson has been leading the research in this area for a while, whereby it, uh, it talks about leaders, in particular in crisis, making sure that they just hold a space for a moment or two. Don't go diving straight in to respond to 
what are seemingly important aspects of any crisis, but just to hold the space, hold the space for a while to be able to reflect on what is the most important things to respond to. And if we look around the world, there are some leaders that did that very well and, and others that didn't do it so well. So I think there's some, some judgment call to, to make there. Um, the negative capability is a concept, certainly uh, looking at the, the final product from the students on this program, which is the essay, a lot of them talked about that concept. And that seems to, seem to be good in the sense that the program is responding to uh, these areas. Um, so that's one thing I would certainly, certainly highlight. I think what uh, Barry and Andrew have been talking about with regards to uh, leaders, that, that I would absolutely agree with as well. And those are areas, I think, that form the basis of developing ourselves as leaders so that when we hit a crisis, that we're able to respond in an appropriate way. So you know, things like uh, self-awareness, self-confidence, uh, self-control are all aspects of understanding ourselves and if we work on those continuously, then when we are hit by crisis, we can, we can have the ability to hold the space. So I think all those things form that basis. And these are the things that we talk about in the program as well. One, one final thought I would say as well, and it goes to a point that, that Andrew made, and I think this is particularly important uh, in crisis, is the ability for leaders to listen, to listen to others around them, uh, and pick up on important pieces of information that will help them tackle uh, a crisis. And part of listening is the willingness to be challenged, which I think was Andrew's point. You know, this idea that we as leaders have all the answers is not, not really the reality. The reality is that a lot of other people have the answers, and we've got to listen to those people. And maybe sometimes be challenged in our own views. And I think one I've had about the program, the, the academy, is that what we've developed here are hopefully individual strategic leaders that will go on and be successful in their own careers, but also a group of strategic leaders within Paradigm North that will hopefully work together on issues uh, as they're presented as they go forward. And that, and that means that they've got to listen to each other and they've got to challenge each other. And that's part of the leadership process for me. This idea of leading in a sort of team-based, dispersed way is, is fundamental. Sarah, thank you. And Barry, I'd quite like to get your thoughts on this one as well and possibly even how you as a leader have needed to adapt your skills during this time. Yeah, I thought the um, just to re-emphasize the point that Gareth made about not having all the answers was such a well-made point. And and again, in terms of thinking about leadership, I'm so acutely aware over the last twelve months, none, none of us have been through what we've you know through COVID. There's there's I guess books will be written in the future, but there was no book that a leader could pull off the shelf that said how do you lead your team through a you know a, a pandemic. Um, and bringing together voices across the business and hearing of others, I think, has been a really key thing for us that's enabled us to really um, cope with the last 12 months. And I think in terms of other sort of leadership attributes or as I think about how I've had to adapt my own style of leadership over the last um, few months, I think, one of our values is around focusing on the long-term, building for the long-term, that's our fourth value. And I think it's so easy when you're going through a period like this to focus on the here and now and forget 
the long term, forget where you're actually trying to head. So keeping an eye on the vision for the firm, what it is you're trying to do, and not not just be totally preoccupied with the sort of here and now, I think is really key. And keep keeping true to your values, I would include, you know, in terms of as a business, Paradigm Norton, we have four key values. And I think, again, it would be easy in periods of instability and challenge to move away from those. So we've been we've sought to make sure that we stay true to our uh, values. One of them is people matter, just making sure that they're incredibly well cared for and protected through this time. Um, staying positive, I think, is a real big one. Certainly for the senior leadership team, people are going to be looking to us for cues on terms of how the business is doing. So positivity is really important. Um, I think being visible and available, one of the things that I've certainly sought to do in terms of both C- CEO letters to the firm is, is be as visible as I can. One of the things that I introduced right at the start in March was a, a thing which we called the we call the partner huddle. So as a firm, we are employee-owned, so everybody's called a partner. And on Friday morning, we huddle together for at 10.30 for about 45 minutes. And it's really just sharing family news, sharing what's going on across the business, making sure people are updated and connected. So for me, there's been it's been quite a big learning curve, but equally, it's been great to see others, those on the leadership program, other leaders in the business, really um, step out and follow some of these other ways of leading the business, just in terms of sort of positivity, uh, adapting, making sure there's sort of almost needs to be a slowing down and a staying calm, I think, through periods of this, like this. And and, and certainly, I've actually chose not to use the word crisis. I think sometimes um, the words we use as leaders are quite important. Now, clearly, people watch the news, they see what's going on. But the impression I wanted to leave the partners was was one of confidence one of we'll get through this and, and we absolutely have we've been brutally honest and transparent and open with people about where where we've been we've shared with them uh, on a monthly basis exactly where the finances are we we, we haven't furloughed anyone but we have been hit uh, as a business and um yeah, so you know, telling the truth, just being open, transparent, really honest, I think is a real key thing, and certainly something that's you know, there's certainly lessons learned through the last twelve months that I think uh, I'll never forget for sure. Thanks, Barry, for for being really honest with us there and and, and sort of sharing a little bit about your journey, um, leading Paradigm Norton. I'm I'm really keen to to speak to Tommy, who who we haven't haven't spoken with yet about how the program has actually helped you um, as an employee. So. To give us your thoughts. So there's, there's, I think there's a, a few different ways that you would you would hopefully expect anyway. Um, I think firstly, Gareth and, and uh, Andrew made the point earlier about the whole the whole structure of the the course and that we had you know academic content delivered by predominantly Gareth but other other colleagues in the morning. We then had time with with Andrew typically in the afternoon that that really applied that what we'd learned what the theory was to to life at PN and that that was super valuable that you you're not only taking away these great theories and understanding new models of leadership but you can then all take a step back and we were very lucky that we obviously had a cohort of six from the same same business but we can then all talk about how that applies to us at pn and talk about how we may be able to implement that in, into pn as well and then of course we had our, our one-to-ones with with andy each month that gave you a chance to you know talk about progress you've made on any areas of that but also reflect on on how you can adapt that going forward so First of all, I think the, the way the structure of the, the programme was delivered, it was it was really there to enable everybody to get the, the most out of it at every stage of the journey. And that was that was really helpful. I think um 
personally, in terms of what I really got out of it, the the big thing for me, and I, I wrote quite a bit about this in my my reflective piece, and it, it ties into a paper actually that, that Gareth wrote, but when you start understanding the the theory and the research behind leadership and you you learn these different models, it actually helps you come to terms with a lot of the challenges that you might have faced in in your journey. And as somebody that's quite a, a new and inexperienced leader, for me, doubt is is quite a common theme. I'm I'm critical of myself for the best of times, especially when you're stepping into into new roles, a new environment, and you you need to be seen as somebody that leads, that can that can really cause cause some self-doubt and a really critical evaluation of how you handle things, how you could do things better. And of course you're you're not going to get everything right first time. But when you're in an environment where you're surrounded with leaders like Barry and, and others who just do it so naturally because they've been doing it for many years and and it it can almost lead you to to focus on the the doubt even more and think, God, I'm never going to get to that point because look at how easy that is for some people. And as soon as you start to to realise the the commonality of that within within theory and and the process of of this liminality of how you can typically go through that journey, you actually start to reflect a little bit more on your own progress and think, you know, actually I am moving in the right direction here. And maybe those things that I'm beating myself up about, I have shown that I can improve on that. And I think that was a really a really big one for me was that it the wider the understanding you get on this on leadership as a whole but but also the, the the content that Gareth mentioned in terms of change and conflict and power and politics the more you can actually appreciate what you're doing in that space and of course there's areas to improve but it it certainly gave me a lot of, of peace of mind in terms of of where I had got to today and areas to to develop going forward and I think as well as as well as all the academic uh, literature that you can you can take away from this. The, there are some real practical applications that you know I've I've put in place with our team from from one of, from the first few sessions, and I think it was actually the first session uh, Gareth and Andy tasked us with with going away and asking our team what one thing we could do better for them as a leader. And this whole you know reflection and, and peer feedback it's it's so important. It's something that we we've always done within Powerland Norton as part of our quarterly personal development plans. But again, I think it's it's always been in a way that maybe isn't as direct as that and maybe gives people a chance to just say, oh, everything's great. Of course, it's fine. And you're not actually going to somebody with a, a real closed, tell me one thing I can do better. And and I asked, uh, following that first session, I asked two of, our, of my team members uh, one uh, to tell me one thing I could do better. And whether it's good or not, they both came back with the same thing, but it, it really gave me something to go away on. I think, actually, that's that's right. And it, it ties into to Gareth, um, he was talking quite a bit about negative capability before and that potentially stepping in too quickly sometimes and the ability to just step back and, and appreciate the situation. And again, once you can get a way to get peer feedback really efficiently and then actually apply that because you've got the great content, you've got the the discussion with your cohort and then you've got one-to-ones to help think about how you might apply that in practice, that was that was really helpful and certainly one thing that I've I've taken away from that. And the the final, I guess, thing from the academic sense is it's very natural, I think, to to want to lead the way that you like to be led. You know, it feels comfortable, it feels relaxed. And if you enjoy it, you just naturally think, well, of course, that's how I will lead others. But the more and more you dig into this and almost scratch the surface, the more you appreciate it. There are, of course, different styles and different styles that suit different people, different circumstances. And I think for me, that that wider appreciation of different ways to to tackle issues, different ways to approach points with team members, knowing when to step in and take action, 
when to potentially step back and let them resolve it themselves has been has been a real key learning for me personally. And then hopefully there's been many benefits to Powerline North, and maybe Barry can can send you a little bit more um, in terms of that. But one of the things that all of the the cohort had to do was deliver a project within Powerline Norton, and of course we were able to use the the great resources that had been provided in terms of that management and leadership expertise throughout that. Um, but that has a real practical impact for Powerline Norton that we've had throughout a year of change, these six different projects also running um, at the same time behind the scenes that have had real positive impacts on just not just different areas of our business, but also some external focus projects. And my project, so as we mentioned before, we're a, a financial planning business. We provide financial advice to, to individuals. And my project was looking all about how we can actually turn that internally and look at how we provide advice to our, our team members and taking on board some of the learnings throughout the the process it's it almost completely changed the way that i was i was looking at things i was very adamant at, at starting point we needed to give advice to all of our team members but by the time that you had had surveyed and done focus groups and really spoken to people what we really wanted to do and by whole the reflecting um on what i was approaching as a project what became more important was what we need to do is is provide greater financial education for our team members to enable them to make better decisions so that there isn't that need for advice initially. And actually what we've been running this week by chance internally as a result of the, the project with UE has been our, our own Paradigm Norton Financial Planning Week. And every day this week, we've had a 30-minute session run by one of our team. And I think that's that's really important because it gives them a chance to, to learn and use this almost mindful engagement of delivering a presentation to 30, 40 people, which they might not have done before, getting feedback from that and then using that to apply and develop their own skill, but also the content that we've been delivering on basic principles, the benefits that we have in place, risk and reward, give all of our teams some real practical stuff to, to take away. So hopefully that's had a, a real positive impact on, on Paradigm Norton as a, as a result of this project. And finally, Gareth mentioned it as well, the fact that we've had six people go through this that are all at broadly similar stages in that leadership journey hopefully means that we've got this this group that can continue to challenge and encourage each other in our, our leadership journey. And of course, future cohorts going through that same thing will just mean that actually when you look across the business, you're going to have people with bags of potential to, to step into those leadership positions as and when they become available. Tommy, thank you so much. It's great to hear from someone who's who's been through that the program. And it sounds like the benefits are, are, are huge to, to you as an individual. Um, Barry, I'm wondering if you could pick up on, as Tommy said, perhaps some of the benefits to Paradigm Norton. Yeah, I guess it's um it's sort of early days. The program is just sort of the first year is just coming to an end. So we're just starting to see some of those the sort of the very reason we wanted to set the program up in the first place. Uh, the, the sort of fruit of that. Uh, but I guess it's something that equally, it, it's a program that we're now going to run over successive years. And I suspect the real fruit will be born uh, out in, um, you know, the coming months and years as people go through the program. And as Tommy said, you know, there's a huge amount that you've got to learn and absorb in a relatively short space of time. So, you know, it, it's going to be what we see in leaders in probably two or three years time where we'll see the real fruit. But I mean, even now, um, as I look at, uh, at the six that did the program, you know, I, I would say there's increased levels of, of confidence, um, certainly on things like partner huddles where 
Uh, as I mentioned earlier, some people find it very easy to go and do something like that, others less so. I think certainly for those that are now presenting, one of the things that I've encouraged each of the members of the leadership program to do is do a, an update on our partner huddles. I think we've had three or four of them do that, where, they're, where they've been sharing some of the models that they've learned and what it means to them, really with a view to sharing with other partners so they can apply some of the great leadership stuff that they've been taught on the program. And we have that sort of overspill to other partners. Certainly some of the feedback I've had from those that they are being um, are under the sort of leadership of those on the cohort in terms of encouragement around, as Tommy said, personal development plans has been some really good and positive feedback we've had there. I think as, as, as Tommy's also said, you know, just that self-awareness of knowing uh, your own shortcomings in of itself is a huge thing for a leader, just to be aware of your, you know, your own strengths and weaknesses, your own views of how you see the world, I think has been been fantastic. Uh, as I said, we've we've seen some really um helpful uh updates on huddle on partner huddles where people have been starting to sort of present in perhaps a way they wouldn't have done before. Um, the application of the knowledge that they've learned through the program, I think, has been great. Um, and I think what one of the big uh, other takeaways for me, I hadn't quite envisaged the significance of the projects that perhaps they would do. And I think Tommy's one is such a great example. It's something that we've, as a financial planning business, I think the counsel that we give to our clients is second to none. But there was de definitely a sense that we needed to give, be able to do the same for, for our team. And what uh, Tommy's done by developing the Financial Planning Week and the program around that is really is been absolutely fantastic. So there have been a huge number of other additional sort of spin-off benefits from the program, not only in terms of seeing the leaders that have been through it sort of mature and become uh, yeah, better leaders, more confident, but also the projects that they're all putting in place has been have been, you know, the in, the output for that has been fantastic across the business. So for us, it's been a really huge success. Um, probably, I think Andrew and I had pretty high expectations at the start in terms of what could be achieved. But looking back, I think it's um, yeah, it's exceeded our expectations, which is good. And we are. I'm just at the point at the moment of just inviting potentially the 2021 cohort to together. Um, Andrew's already done a brief debrief with the current uh, cohort, thinking of how we might improve for the program for the 2021 group. But there seems definitely seems to be an appetite to that. Um, and I think you know a number of people that have been on the program this year have shared all the good stuff that they've learned. And there's that sort of infectious sense of that sounds great. Could I be a part of it as well? So that uh, bodes well for the future. Thank you, Barry. Really, really interesting to hear from sort of both perspectives. So um, Tommy as the attendee and then and Barry, you know, as the CEO. I think probably just one final question from me. Um, I'm wondering if they, you've got anything out of the programme that perhaps you weren't expecting. Um, and Andrew, there's been a bit of reference to you having done some sort of feedback sessions. So I'm wondering if we come to you first for this one. Thanks, Rachel. Yeah, I, th I think there are a number of things um, for me. First of all, and again, as Barry and Tommy have alluded to, I think the sustainability of the programme, um, essentially, we have proof of concept and that's been a real, that's been a very rewarding um, process, if you like, watching the programme evolve as it's gone along. We we did have a pretty clear design in our minds. We, we did have high expectations, but ultimately none of us really knew what it was going to look like. So So as a as an initial cohort, we feel we do feel like that's been that's been a good news story. I think um, 
just from a personal point of view, things I wasn't expecting. Um, I, I didn't expect to learn as much as I did about financial planning as a business and as a sector and an industry, which has been fantastic for me from the students. Um, I've learned an awful lot about how to lead through difficult circumstances by having the privilege of observing at close quarters how Barry and colleagues have steered the business through uh, COVID. Um, and I've also learned a lot about how resilience and agility are so critical to leadership by observing how a group of young leaders have coped with the challenges that COVID has brought. Uh, being in the room um, with these, these guys once a month has been incredible uh, just, just to watch the way in which they've managed that process and coped and flourished, actually. I suppose one a learning point for us uh, in terms of how we might improve slightly um, in the feedback with, with the student cohort, we've had some discussions about how um, the program assessment itself relates to what's going on in the business. So how students can perhaps bring um, together their um, business as usual sort of scenario with their learning and particularly with their assessment. So they're not doing too diverse and disparate things at the same time. So a little bit of thinking there. And again, some really good feedback from the cohort on that that will help us. Um, and I suppose the big thing um, that, I, that I've noticed, you know, the extent to which the original design has actually been refined into what is now uh, the potential to become a niche product, both for UE and for Paradigm Norton um, across their sector. They are the standard bearers in terms of leadership academies and, and the way in which that works. And I think there's some great export value and marketability, both for UE and for Paradigm Norton. I suppose, finally, what I would say is, you know, a, a big thank you to the student cohort because through the one-to-one -one coaching sessions, I believe that I've become a better leader and that's the privilege of the two-way street of, of coaching. You know, the, these guys have taught me so much, um, which I can then pass on to, to future, future cohorts through the programme. Thanks, Andrew. Barry, how about you? Were there things that you, or that have come out of the programme that you weren't expecting? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think Andrew's covered a few of them. I think um, it was very much an experiment for us. Is this going to work? And, and I think overwhelmingly it has. I think every time we do this, every year we go through, we all were, as a firm, we're very good at being sort of self-critical. And it's great that we can look at the positives of the programme, but what are the things that we could improve upon? And Andrew's already done a session with the cohort on that. So they will all be built into the 2021 programme. So I think we've got a, a great blueprint to take uh, forward. I think one thing that we never anticipated was COVID. Uh, when Andrew and myself and Gareth were sort of shaping up the programme, who knew that we were going to be leading through a, such a difficult time? So I think you know, it's it's highly likely that the current year's cohort will have learned a huge amount about coping through a crisis as we've just been covering. That was certainly never in the initial sort of brief. Um, adaptability, I guess, a number of the um, folk on the programme this year changed their programmes, uh, their projects, and that was absolutely fine. But there has been that degree of adaptability and just making sure that the projects that were selected were really in line with the uh, specific strategies that Paradigm Norton are focusing on just to make sure there was that really alignment between what the board needed the um, Leadership Academy members to focus on and what was also good for their own personal development. I think one, one thing that was really lovely to see that I hadn't particularly um, thought about before the programme was the camaraderie within the within the six. 
So I had the privilege of, of being a little bit involved, not to the same level as Gareth and Andrew through the program, uh, but just seeing the six of them really gel together, work together, share together, I think was a real privilege to see how that was working in practice. And I think the, the other final one was just, and, and this was feedback I had from those that were on the group, was, was what you might call the timeout. So we run a, a business where there's not a lot of time during the day. We're very busy seeing clients, serving clients. And I think just the opportunity for that group to sort of have some downtime for a day, go to a completely different building, um, share in a relaxed way, um, I think has been fantastic. So yeah, I think there's some real value in just that time out once a month for thinking, you know, am I on track? Am I doing what I sh should be doing? Am I the leader that I want to be? Uh, for me, it's been a huge privilege to see just some of those additional things that, yeah, as I say, when Andrew and I put the program together, we'd never really thought that they would be um, additional benefits. So that's been fantastic. Thanks, Barry. And Tommy, maybe as the participant, have you got things that you're taking away that you didn't expect? Yeah, I think the, the big one for me, and, and everybody has comments on this, but I, I think I certainly went into, into this knowing that they would be you know, a lot of, of self-study and, and distant learning, so to speak. And, and it almost felt that it would be you doing that work. But the value of having a cohort of six people has, has just been incredible to to go through uh, this, this journey together, to be able to challenge people. And I remember uh, one afternoon, it was actually, it was, you know, most of the content was delivered online. So it doesn't necessarily need to be in the room to have that collaboration. This was, you know, everybody on a, on a Zoom call or Teams call. And we were going through uh, coaching and doing a coaching session, and it was it was such a, a great experience that with everyone there, everyone being very open and, and being quite honest and, and going quite deep in terms of their challenges and what they were struggling with, but also focusing on one problem and trying to coach somebody through it. And the the realization by working as a team that actually you you almost knew the answers when it was somebody else's problem but you you don't think to apply that same logic to yourself and if you hadn't have had that team environment to be actually challenging each other and going through that journey together you probably well I certainly wouldn't have realized that so definitely the benefit of having six of us go through it together was was a huge benefit from the program that I hadn't necessarily expected from something I thought was going to be quite quite focused and quite remote individual learning. Real Tommy thanks for sharing your insights there. Um, that's kind of all the, all the questions that, that I had. Gareth, have you got any final thoughts you want to share? Much to echo what uh, the others have uh, mentioned, really. Um, I think going through, ha having a programme go through uh, the, the sort of COVID impact has shown to us really how we can adapt and modify um, and actually delivering things online has been relatively painless. I think it's actually worked quite nicely in, in some instances. Um, so that adaptability to ourselves and, and the program itself um, it has been good. And, I, and I'm quite pleased in how that's worked out. I also think worth mentioning here as well is, is, the, is the sort of coaching that Andrew does as part of the program. Because this is not something that we generally have on an ILM program. And I think adding that to uh, to the program has, has been really beneficial. I think that's something that we can take away as an executive education team and think about how we can use that uh, more, more in, in programs as well. Um, and lastly, I think just to echo the, the comments previously, I think I'm, I'm continuously surprised and impressed 
with how um, Tommy and his colleagues have responded to uh, the situation with COVID and, and, and continued to uh, work on the program. Because it could have been quite easy to turn around and, and, and say, look, we've got too much on our plates here. Let's, let's park the program. But they didn't, and they carried on and, and, and were committed to the program throughout. And I think uh, yeah, they should be applauded for that. Thanks, Gareth. It's been really, really great to talk to you all today. So thank you again for, for giving up your time and, and speaking to us. Um, it sounds like the programme's been, you know, a huge success all round and that, you know, things that you haven't even anticipated have come out of that and that everyone's maybe learned a little bit about, about resilience and about um, adaptability and those kinds of things. So once again, thanks for sharing your thoughts. It's been much appreciated. Thank you for being part of our Future Impact podcast series. We hope you enjoyed listening and have taken something away from this episode. If you'd like to learn more about any of the topics discussed or have an idea or a topic to include in future episodes, please do email us for further information using bbec at uwe.ac.uk.